Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. you're going through Darlene oh man you know what like it just like it does something to my spirit like when I see someone that I know isn't feeling the greatest who like their ankles bandaged up like when I see that I'm like my word Lord she's over here I'm like I just I looked at her she was like somebody hold me back you know like when you're getting ready to get into a fight and like it's like hold me back hold me back and like she's like oh, that's what I saw like in Darlene she was like ready she was like lapping this place like I'm telling you like it's okay to worship God like you can get crazy worshiping him because when the spirit of God begins to move like sometimes it's okay God begins to move and it feels good <laughs> It makes a difference. I tell you, like, really, it does. Like, when you begin to worship God, like the, the scripture, it talks about he inhabits the praises of his people. And I believe that. I believe it's the truth. Like, as we worship him, he begins to flood in. He begins to move. He loves it when we praise him. And that's why I believe worship can't just be done in this place. It's got to be a lifestyle that we live, something we do every day. Oh, I love it. Oh, man, it feels good in here. Don't leave here today the same that you walked in. Oh, man. Yeah. If you did, if you come in here and you leave the same, it is of your own choosing. Rochelle, turn up the temperature of the thermostat. I don't know what it's at, but do it. Do it for somebody. Do it, do it for somebody. Uh, I don't know where it's at, but just, you know, like turn it up five degrees or something like that. I'll take the heat. It's okay. Fine. I'm fine too, Cindy. It's okay. Took my jacket off. I kept the jacket on and it kept me warm. So now that I took it off, now I feel cold. So it's okay. I'm not going to do that every week though. I promise you that. I get hot. <laughs> but I get cold then. <laughs> All right, let's talk about last week. So we're in a series, This Is That. And, and uh, in the first service, I was like, you know, people may ask the question, why are we talking about this? Like, I come to church, that's okay. It's still good stuff. I promise you that. If, if anything, it's an education. Um, and everybody needs education on the Word of God, including myself. And just like I said, I got excited when I saw something that I had not. Um, I mean, I may have seen it before, but I just, it hit me differently. And so... Last week, we talked about what was the first church. And I may blow some of your guys' mind. Anybody know what the first church was? 
Yeah, I like that. <laughs> you know what? The first, the, the first, the, the first service, they, they, some of us said Jesus. I, I liked one of the answers. They were like Adam and Eve. And I was like, actually, that's a, not, a, not a bad answer. Like Adam and Eve were like, you know, God instructed them to do certain things. So yeah, that's not, that wasn't a bad answer. Actually, that was, that was pretty good. But the first church, I view it as Jesus was the first church. It, it wasn't the Pentecostals. It wasn't the Catholics. It wasn't the Baptists. I will tell you this today. We're Pentecostal, but I, I believe what, what Pentecostal means is it just means I believe what happened on the, in the, on the day of Pentecost is still for the church today. And so it, it, it's not, if you were to go back in time and you were to ask the, you were to ask the disciples, the apostles, and you'd be like, hey, what, what denomination are you? What, what organization are you a part of? They, they wouldn't list anything. They, they wouldn't have a licensing organization. Who are you ordained by? God. <laughs> like, when Jesus left the earth, he ordained me to preach the gospel. That's who it wasn't an organization. So sometimes people ask me, are you an ordained minister? I was like, yeah, I'm ordained by God. <laughs> uh, but like the organization that I'm a part of, are you, are you an ordained minister? Well, technically no, because I don't pay the dues for an ordained minister. So, no. <laughs> but it's like a semantics, legalistics, you know, no, no, I'm not technically, but I'm ordained by God. I don't need the approval of an organization to be called ordained. I'm ordained by God because I believe like you can look at a person and know if they're ordained. It don't, they don't have to preach to know if they're ordained. If they're living a lifestyle that's approved of God, that is right, lining up with the word of God and they begin to they begin to witness they begin to live they're 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 ordained of god wow that's yeah i got my master's degree my master's degree it don't matter about the education we're gonna get more into that so i don't believe the apostles would have said we are a part of any organization any denomination and that came later in time as the enemy began to divide and people began to get, and we get more into that, into this message. But what I believe here, as the church, we have got to find the word of God. And I've got to look at it. And I want the church to be as close to the word of God as we can. And, and I know that, I know that things change. Culture changes, clothing changes. And I know, like, you read the Bible and sometimes clothing changed. You know, like, we don't wear robes. But you know what? Yes, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When it left off and there was 400 years of science in, uh, science in, 400 years of silence in Micah, it said, God says, I changed not. And then it came in, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever in Hebrews. I, he was talking about Jesus, and I believe that it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God changes not. It's the same in the Old Testament and the same in the New Testament. One thing you will find here is that the disciples and the apostles, as they preached the word, they began to preach some of the Old Testament. They would preach stories from the Old Testament. And sometimes people are like, oh, only the New Testament is for the church today. Wrong. If you don't understand the Old Testament, you are going to have a hard time understanding the New Testament because the Old Testament, then the New Testament is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. So you need to have some understanding of the Old Testament. It's some good stuff, I promise you. And so we believe that the apostles taught. We believe what the apostles taught. So the church should be backed up as much as possible by the Bible. We should preach truth and we should teach it with conviction. So power came. We saw that in Acts 1, it's 8. It says, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be witnesses. There was a purpose for the Holy Ghost. It was to be a witness. Jesus said that. He was going to send a comforter and it was going to it was going to empower you to be a witness. It was going to change you. It was going to touch you. It was going to transform you. Now, here is what I know about this. Peter gets up and preaches on the first message. And this is what we talked about last week. The first message to the church. He gets up and he preaches on the day of Pentecost. 
He gets up and their hearts are pricked and they're like, what should we do to be saved? He gets up, he preaches, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so he gets up, he preaches this and he's like, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel that in the last days, saith God, I'll pour up my spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. I see this. Up on my handmaids, I'll pour out my spirit. Like, I see this and I'm like, man, I believe that what I believe, this is that what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. I, I want, there was no, there was no organization back then. I want to be the church. I want to, I want to be the church. I want to be part of the body of Christ. I, that is what I want to be. I don't, I don't care to be a part of some other organization or some denomination or, or something. I don't need that. What I need is Jesus Christ. I need his spirit working and moving in me. Now I believe in fellowship and I believe in fellowshipping with other church. I believe that 100%, but I also believe in the importance that God is the leader, that no one else, no man is not. It is God, not me, not no one else, not anyone else. It's God. So the first message to the church, the Holy Ghost falls. Peter gets up and this is scared Peter that denies Jesus three times. And he gets up and he begins to preach the message of salvation. And 3,000 people are added to the church that day. He went from denying Jesus three times to seeing 3,000 people saved. Now, if that doesn't blow your mind, three times, a few people in front of him. And now it's 3,000 people. Like if that doesn't, like that, that goes to show you how much God changes you. Now, I've told you, I don't like getting up and talking to people. Like, I don't like getting up and, and preach. I, I mean, I do enjoy to preach. Like, it's fun because it's like a whole, like, different, like, thing when you get up to preach. Okay, well, let's jump into the messages of the, from the church. When you get up to preach and you get up to teach, something just happens. Like, something just clicks and it's, and it's not just you. It's, it's not. God begins to move and he begins to touch you. And it's the coolest thing ever. Now, like I said, I get scared. Like I get nervous talking to people. I'll introduce myself, but I get scared. I don't like play. I like to play my guitar. I do. I enjoy it. But I get nervous because I'm like not the greatest, but I enjoy it. It's fun. And I'm like, I like to get better and stuff. But like if there was a wall here and you didn't have to look at me, it would feel better. You know? <laughs> If I didn't have to look at you, I could be back here and I could bake my faces when I mess up. But now like Jen, sometimes she sits up here on the front row and she's like, stop making those faces. I know exactly when you mess up. I would know if you didn't make those faces. And I'm like, hit the wrong chord there. I heard that. And uh, I mean, that's well, whatever. Well, I'm sorry. That's just the way it's like. But when I go from here to like here, like there's just like... I can worship, but then there's just like something that happens when I preach. I love it. Now, I can get up in front of a class of students, and I can talk, and I can be passionate. But there is a difference. There is a big difference. When I've taught in schools, it ain't the same. Talking about, some, talking about, talking about social, emotional stuff, yes, there's an emotional part, part of it. But it ain't like God comes in and it's like, bam, there's the anointing touching you. You're, it's kind of like all education and it's all knowledge. And, it, and that's it. Like, there's no spirit involved. There's a little bit of, it's all, it's all me. I want less of me, more of him. So, the Holy Ghost has the power to change you. You know how I know that? Because Cindy, Cindy, like, I know you've been changed. <laughs> Like, I look at you, and you are a different person from when you first started coming here. You are so different. And, like, I look at things like that, and, and I see people, they come here, and, like, God begins to work in their lives, and they're, like, different people in, like, a few months. And I'm, like, and they may not see it, but, like, I'm, like, I see it. Like, I don't know if you don't see it, but, like, maybe you've, like, lived with yourself for 
you know, however long you've been alive and you're like, well, I don't see it. Well, I've only lived around you for like, you know, a year and a half. Yeah, I've seen tremendous growth in you and your husband. And like the fact that you would even consider letting me teach you and talk to you about like teaching shows to tell me you got some Peter in you. That, that, that you... <laughs> that, that you are, that you've got some faith that God is beginning to work a change in you, that the nature of who you are has changed a little bit. To me, faith is working and God is doing the work. Now that's cool. Like sometimes you just need a little bit of someone else's life experience. Like you hear enough about mine, and that's why we need some other people to preach and teach. Because you hear mine enough, and you need to hear some other perspectives sometimes. That's why I need more people to come and preach at the church. Because like sometimes, you just need to hear it from someone else's perspective. That's why I get my wife and Ashley to preach sometimes, because their perspective just, uh, just clicks sometimes differently. So, moving on. Let's look at how... God, how when God moves, it affects us. So when God changes us, we are dramatically changed. And others are going to know it. Let's look at Acts chapter 3. So when you get into Acts chapter 3, there's some good stuff in here. How many of you read Acts chapter 3 this week? Good, Cindy and Tammy. The rest of you. Who else raised their hand? Okay. The rest of you, I'll give you a C. <laughs> Acts chapter three and four this week, man, I'm telling you, I started and I was like, oh, this stuff is so good. Oh, if you don't know Acts chapter three and four, it should be something that you like go and read this week. Seriously, go and read it. It will take you, um, if you listen, if you use U version and C CSB like I, I do and you listen to it. In the, in the droning voice of whoever is that's reading it, it'll take you like, and I listen at two times speed, so it's like seven minutes for the two chapters. I'm telling you, it's good. Oh, man. I don't know why I listen to it at two times speed. I just process better at like two times speed. Like, oh. Remember last night you were asking me how does it work with ADHD? I wanted to tell you in the first service. I hit the symbols over there. Just then, that's also how ADHD works. Nobody cares that I listened at 2x speed or why. Nobody cares. But sometimes I just have to go on. We were having a conversation and I wanted to point it out to her. That's ADHD. <laughs> that was three things right there. All came to a point. I had to get it out, babe. <laughs> well, let's look at this now. Got that out of the way. <laughs> Now Peter and John were going up to the temple for the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. A man who was lame from birth was being carried there. He was placed each day at the temple gate called Beautiful so that he could beg from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for money. For years, this man had been placed there. It's like 40 years this man had been placed at the gate beautiful. People had carried this man and placed him there so that he could ask for money because he couldn't do it on his own. There was no way for this man to do anything else unless someone carried them to it. But this day was different. This day, Peter and John... We're walking along the way. This day, Peter and John had been commissioned, had been ordained, and they were in tune with what God wanted them to do. They were following the leading of God's spirit. You see, one of the things as a Christian is we follow the leading of God's spirit. We don't lead God's spirit. God leads us. It's always been he leads us. We don't lead him. You don't put him on a leash and drag him around to where you want to go. You let him lead you. 
God, where do you want me to go? God, lead my feet where you want me to go. God, let me take the steps of faith that I need to take. God, let me do what you want me to do. And when he prompts, that's when we do it. You see, it's when he prompts, sometimes it's really hard to have faith. Oh, man, it's so hard to have faith sometimes. I promise you, man. Oh, there's so many times. Whew, Lord, I want to have faith like Peter and John. I've said this to Cindy the other day. She asked me a question about this very thing. And I was like, oh, it's a tough one. So I'll get into that here in just a moment. But for years, he's placed there. And I would believe this for years. You've had people placed around you. And they're waiting for you to have the faith and the boldness to speak to them. God has placed people around you. God has placed people in your life. And sometimes we are the broken man or we're the broken woman that's laying out the gate begging for someone to reach out and touch us. Please, whatever you have, give us. Whatever you've got, please give it to me. I, I need it. But Peter and John here in this moment, they ain't got no silver and gold. You see, sometimes we look for the physical signs. We look for something with our physical eyes looking, peering into the physical when we really need to look at the spiritual, because not every physical problem means that a person needs a physical healing. Sometimes it's a deep spiritual healing is what they truly need. And, and, and yes, God can still work the miraculous. God can still heal people. I 100% believe that. That if God moves in this place today, there are people, I, I believe that he can touch Darlene, that her ankle can be made whole. I believe 100% that Tammy, that your, your heart can be touched, that there will never be another problem with it because there's still power, there's still miracles, working power in the name of Jesus and I still believe that he can work but here we go we see Peter along with John looked straight at him and he said look at us so he turned to them expecting to get something from them sometimes people are going to expect to get something but what you have is not what they truly thought they needed but what you have is what they really need and that is a touch from God. People will experience the presence of God because you were in the presence of God. So, verse 6 says, But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And then taking him by the right hand, he raised him up and at once his feet and ankle bones became strong. So he jumped up and started to walk and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God and they recognized that he was the one who used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple. So they were filled with awe and astonishment at what happened to them. You see, when God comes in and touches your life, people are going to begin to recognize when God comes in and touches that spiritual brokenness people will begin to see it they will begin to see the changes that are taking place in your life they will say whoa what is going on there's something different about this person what is going on the key here is to look at how they did it it is vital that we follow the example in the Bible. They did it in Jesus' name. The way we do things matters. There is power in the name of Jesus. In no other name is something going to be done. In no other name. And that's what the disciples said. In no other name are we going to do it. It's going to be done in the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 3, 11 through 12, it says, While he was holding on to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astonished, ran toward them in what is called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he addressed the people. Fellow Israelites, why are you amazed at this? 
Why do you stare at us as though we made him walk by our own power or godliness? This is so important here. I want to just really hammer this home. God don't need a show. I say this so often, but I just really want to hammer it home because right here, Peter begins to correct these people when he says, why are you looking at me? I didn't do anything. It wasn't me who did it. I believe we'll pray for people in this church and they'll be healed. But it won't be because of something we did. And we're going to thank God and give God the glory for what God did. It won't be something that I did. It won't be something that Ashley or you did. It'll be something that God did. And we'll give God glory. And we'll be quick to tell people, hey, it wasn't us. It was God. It was him that works in me. It wasn't me. I promise you it was God. And you can have this power too. You see, he corrected them and said, no, it wasn't me. But a lot of people lust after that power. A, people, a lot of people begin to love that power and they begin to pervert what is in the word of God and they begin to, to twist it and they begin to advertise their abilities or giftings. Healing is not an ability. You don't get the ability or gifting of healing. God is the healer. It doesn't say, I'm going to give you a gifting of healing. God will heal. So if God heals, it wasn't because a man touched you or a woman touched you. It was because God touched you. If, 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 if someone prophesies, it wasn't because they had knowledge or something. It was because God spoke. It wasn't because of anything. I believe there are times that I will speak that prophecies and word of knowledges will come. I do believe that. But I'm not a prophet. But you know what? If I speak something and it comes out and you're all of a sudden like, whoa, this came, this came to pass or this was true. Okay. That was God. I've had people be like, oh, your message just really hit me. Praise God. That's God, not me. I don't cold, cold read cloud, clouds. I don't cold read crowds. I don't look at the crowd and try and do some voodoo thing and be like trying to figure out what people are thinking or going on. I don't try and figure out some little thought in your mind. Look, you know what? I won't be able to tell you, Jim, if the Vikings win or lose today. I pray they win. <laughs> but I don't know if God's going to answer that prayer. <laughs> but if he does, we'll give him the glory. <laughs> hey, no checking. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> now I'm curious too. God bless the Vikings. Let them win today. <laughs> but he corrected them. They were so impressed what Peter and John had done. And the reality was it wasn't anything Peter and John had done. It was what God had done. All they did was follow the leading of God's spirit. It is one thing that we have got to do as Christians is follow his leading. It's the coolest thing when I get done and someone is like, oh man, what you said? And I'll be like, I seriously don't know what I said because 90% of what I say isn't in my notes. Like I'll give you my notes and you can read them. The majority is not in there. God really does work and I wanna follow the leading of God's spirit. And that is why 11 o'clock is different than the two o'clock because God has a specific message for a specific people at a specific time. And he caters it to a specific person when they're in that place. He allows you to hear what you need to hear and he touches you in that moment. Because what someone else picks up from a message isn't always going to be what someone else gets from the message. How does that work? You explain that to me. Explain that one. I'm preaching one thing today. But there are going to be 10 different people who are like, well, I took it this way and this way and this way. Like, I'll be like, I was not preaching it that way or that way or that way. But someone else understands it a different way. Peter and John go on 
to explain to them how they had rejected the Messiah, that he was the one that did the work. You don't get the credit. God gets the credit. He always gets the credit. Acts 3.16 says, by faith in his name, his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. So the faith that comes through Jesus has given him this perfect health in front of all of you. He made it clear, it's not me. But it was the work of Jesus Christ that made this man work, uh, walk. I, I, I saw the need and I just responded. I was led by the Holy Ghost and I responded. I didn't make the Spirit do something. The Spirit compelled me to do something. I followed what God wanted me to do. So, a lot of times when you do things and God begins to change you, you get to ruffle feathers. And sometimes, for most people, I don't know, sometimes it's like, oh, ruffling feathers, that sounds scary. And for some people, it's like, I can't wait to ruffle some feathers. <laughs> so I, I get it. Like, uh, people, people like their perceived positions and spiritual ties uh, to things that are not of God. Um, people do. And, 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 and they like their, the, the position that they've always been in. And, and this was the thing with the Sanhedrin and, the, and the, the Pharisees and Sadducees. They liked their position of power and they were afraid of what was going on. And so Acts 4, we jump to now and it says, While they were speaking to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple police, and the Sadducees confronted them. Because they were, and I like this, what it says here, annoyed. They were annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So they seized them and took them into custody until the next day. Since it was already evening. But many of those who heard the message believed. And the number of the men came to about 5,000. So when I look at this and I think about this simple little bit of math here. There was 3,000 on the day of Pentecost. Jump over a couple of chapters. This is like one story here. And because of the work of God here. Now there's like another 2,000 people added to the church. The work of God. The obedience that these men did. Inspired 2,000 people to have their lives changed. Obedience is what brings the power. When you are obedient to the will of God, when you are obedient to what God is leading you to do, that is where the power comes from. When you are obedient to what he's leading all of a sudden, things begin to take place when God prompts and you begin to, okay, I'm going to do that, God. When it happens, God begins to step in and he begins to do the work. And you just step back and say, I was just there for a moment. God stepped in and did the work. The work that God does will speak for itself. It does not need a man to get up and proclaim. You don't read about Elijah getting up and say, and this is a prophecy that I want to give you. Like he, he doesn't get up and proclaim and his prophecies, they just happen. He gets up and says it. He has faith. He gets up and he just, and they just, they happen. God gives it to him and he don't need to get up and proclaim and do a show. He doesn't do anything. The only time I see a show really happening back then was back when, uh, he got up with the, the prophets of Baal. Love that story. Oh, because the prophets of Baal put on a show. He was like, well, just so you know, and the best show ever. He gets up he's, and he mocked them for their show. Oh, that don't tell you. Y'all, if someone is putting on a show, Well, that don't seem right. You know what? Sometimes things will happen. You know, it says he's the principality and power of the air. Well, sometimes the enemy's going to come on. And sometimes the enemy's going to do some work. And you'll be like, oh, look what God did. <laughs> Hold up. You better check it. <laughs> you better see what's going on here and check it for what it really is going on. These prophets of Baal are getting up there cutting in the cells. I don't know why I'm here now. 
But here's Elijah sitting back there like, hey, maybe he's on vacation. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe he's out taking a hunting trip. Maybe you're, maybe you need to shout a little bit louder. Like, Elijah, he goes up, he tears down the mess that they had made and he does it right. That's what I'm talking about right now. Sometimes we got to tear down some messes and we got to do it right. And he gets up and says a simple prayer. And God answered by the work will speak for itself. Elijah, he just got to be the vessel. He just got to be there. It ate the bricks. It, it, the fire came down. It licked up the, 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 the water. He dumped all this water on there. He's like, hey, just, just so you know, God's, God's gonna, my God's going to answer by fire. My God always answers by fire. You know how I know? Because this is that. And this, it fell and it set on them as cloven tongues, like as a fire. I'm telling you, the fire still is falling today and consuming those things in our lives that, oh, I'm so thankful for God. I'm so thankful for the fire of the Holy Ghost that comes in. It changes and transforms us. It begins to change our lives. And that's the best thing ever. That's the only way I can explain it. Okay, better get on my notes. Way out there. Way out there in my, off my notes. <laughs> they preached the way that it mattered. They preached the message of the gospel of Jesus. And they did that. And they had to those who had settled in their way and they got upset. But many who heard the message believed. When you experience the power of Jesus, you can't help but believe. When you experience the power Oh man, like, like when we were worshiping here, like I just can't help but like I experienced the presence of Jesus in this place. And this, this is why I'm like a little bit different than the first service. Like because there was a different move of God in this, in this service. There was a move of God in the first, but there's a different in the second. It's just whatever God has planned, I know it's powerful. They saw, so the, 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 the rulers and the high priest brought them in and knew something was up because they saw change. So when God changes, you can expect others to recognize. And here we go. We look at Acts 4 and verse 7. They saw the power and they feared the power of Jesus. After they had Peter and John stand before them, they began to question them by what power or in what name have you done this? Why does it matter? What power, what name have you done this? I'm reminded of the enemy and his fear of the name and the power. There's a scripture and if you don't know this scripture, you probably need to write it down. Because this right here, man, it's, it's so good. Okay, James 2.19. It is, oh man, you'll love it. This is why I say all the time that there is more to God than just believing. There is more to my salvation than just simply believing because it says right here, you believe that God is one. Good. Even the demons believe it. And they shudder. Oh man, they're afraid. The demons are afraid. They believe. If it was simple as just believing, yes, believing is great. But the demons believe and they tremble. I got to have some faith and I have got to have action behind my faith. It says these signs shall follow them that believe. 
that in my name they will cast out demons, that they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. This is in Mark chapter 16. Like, I want that. That is what the church, yes. Like, do we see it all the time? No, we don't see it all the time right here in our church. But I believe that that is a sign for us that as believers, we've got to increase our faith. I, God, give me more faith. God, I need more power. God, I gotta have it. God, I, I want to have those signs follow them to believe. But here's the thing. My focus is on Jesus and not the signs. My focus is on Jesus and not the signs. The signs follow. They're not in front of. Remember that. When you pray for someone, you lay hands on the sick and they don't recover. You just keep on going and just let God do the work. If they don't, if they don't like get up and start dancing and, and their feet and ankle bones become made whole, remember signs follow. You keep your eyes on Jesus. You keep your eyes on him. He's, he's the author and finisher of our faith. He's, you are not the one that heals. You're, you let God do the work. Okay? Remember, they follow. Remember, they follow. You've got to always keep that in mind. I'm going to go after Jesus. Whatever he does, my faith, I'm going to let it happen. All right, keep your focus on Jesus. Preach Jesus. When you begin to proclaim the name of Jesus, the enemy gets mad. There is power in the name of Jesus. Why was the, why was the Sanhedrin mad? Because they saw the, the power in Jesus. They saw this man be healed in the name of Jesus. They didn't like it because it wasn't what they did. It wasn't the way that they do it. And I like look at this and I'm like, man, they were threatened by the power of Jesus, and Jesus came to fulfill what had taken place in the New Testament, and these people began to get out of the will of God because they were trying to make their own way and do it their way. They were stiff-necked people. Don't be stiff-necked. When this question arises, if the enemy is trying to sway his weight, but God does not need man to take glory, when this question arises, the man, you don't need, you don't need to take the glory. Give it to God. His work stands for itself. We don't need a show in church. We just need a move of God. Look, I, like I said this, like, I, I, I am okay. There is different styles and there's different things. Like, like I, uh, my grandma, I said this in the first service. I'm like, you know what? Sometimes I like to like dim the lights. Sometimes they're all the way up. I don't care. It's not, it's not about what's up here. I'm not like, I don't want you guys to like think that I need a, the greatest singers in the world or the best musicians. Lord, I'm, I'm playing. I, it is not about your talent. We don't need some goosebumps. We need the comfort of the Holy Ghost to fall in this place on our lives. That is more than anything. That's what we need. Here's what I look for. I, I've had people be like, hey, you know what? I know how to play the drums. I'm like, cool. You know, I'm teaching, I'm teaching someone right now. I was like, but I would love to have you, you know, come uh, visit our church. I would love to talk with you about it. You know, um, I, I said, I'm not, the, the job doesn't, it doesn't pay anything. Just so you know, like I don't get paid. Um, <laughs> I clarify that like it's not a job. Um, <laughs> we don't pay our musicians. Um, <laughs> Alicia, when she comes and sings, she ain't getting paid. <laughs> Ashley didn't get paid for today. <laughs> Working for the Lord don't pay much, Noah, but the, the retirement plan's out of this world. <laughs> but <laughs> but, but I, I just want you to know this. Like I, I've had these people... Uh, and, I, and I want them to come. I do. I'm like, come, you know, like, come, like, I, I, I want you to play the drums, but I'm not, I'm not interested in your talent. I said this, if, if the guitar player from Led Zeppelin walked in here, man, some really good guitar player was like, Hey, I want to play for you. I don't know what he sounds like. That's just my voice that I would think he would sound like probably more raspy. Hey, I want to, I'll play guitar for you. I'd be like, okay, cool. No. 
Um, not going to happen. Like, I'm not interested in your talent. I'm interested in your relationship with God. It is not about a show. It is not about that. And I don't care what goes. It matters. And it matters where your heart is. I want you to be giving glory to God. And it's not about getting attention. Like, I, I don't play the guitar because I'm like, I want people to be like, oh, Zach is so cool with the guitar. Noah, you ever get like that with playing the drums? And I'll be like, Noah. I think you need to take a couple weeks off and just worship God from the seats, okay? Rochelle, you ever get like that playing the drum? You ever get like that singing? Like, I just want y'all to know, if I ever get like that, I'm going to sit down. <laughs> because it cannot be about pride. It can't be. That. It's not about talent. I promise you, we can have the best talented people. And I want the talented people. But I'm also this. The talented people is going to be giving glory to God. It's, it, that's, that's, that's what's going to be. It's going to be about the relationship with God. If I see that, oh man, yeah, here you go. Take the guitar, please. Take, yeah, play the drums. Like, if I see that you're going to, yes, oh man, I'm going to turn it on. Like, I want to see you grow in your relationship with God. And, and if playing an instrument is going to help you grow in your relationship with God, I'm going to help you grow in your relationship with God whatever way I can. But I'm not in it for a show. And I mean that in the sense of someone getting up and playing the drums and someone getting up and giving a word of prophecy or someone getting up and doing tongues interpretation. It is not about you. You get up and God gives you something. You give it, you sit down and you shut up and let God work. That's how I feel. That's what I do. When God moves, it's God, not me. I sit down. I'm done. Focus on preaching Jesus. When the question arises, if it's the enemy trying to swing his weight, remember. I've got to focus on Jesus. Acts 4, 8 through 12. I won't be like Peter and John, right? So I'm going to do that. I'm going to weigh things. I'm going to look at things. I'm going to be, I'm going to be cautious about things. I'm not just going to let anything fly. Then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if, you are being, if we are being examined about a good deed done to a disabled man, by what means he was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing here before you healthy. This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given by where we must be saved. There's no other name. There's no other name. It's the name of Jesus. When they said that, they were so upset, but they saw that they were beginning to preach. They, this right here, the stone that the builders rejected, that's from the Old Testament. They began to talk from there but then they also all of these things they were filled with the spirit and they became witnesses they were filled and they became witnesses here in this moment and they began to witness to them <coughs> no other name you see i want the devil to know i know that name when i get up in the morning it's in jesus name when temptation comes I defeat it in Jesus' name. Everything I do is in the name of Jesus. When you do that, your life changes. These men experienced power that changed them. The power is still available today. And that power will cause you to be a witness. That power will cause every devil in hell to fear you. Because it knows that you have tapped into the power. You want real power. Stop chasing things that look cool. Stop chasing things that look pretty. Stop chasing things that the enemy has perverted. There's a man I'm going to introduce you to in a couple chapters. His name is Simon. And his, his ugly head still rises up sometimes in the church. And I just want you to know that sometimes you got to begin to recognize it for what it is. And it's a perversion that comes into the church. And it begins to raise its head. 
head and we've got to make sure that I check it with my spirit. God, let it be known that I'm going to fight back every devil in hell by the power of Jesus name. I'm going to I'm going to follow your word. I'm going to follow the leading of your spirit. I'm not leading you. You're leading me. There's a difference. I believe today is the day for this. For his word. And I'm going to preach this right here. So that we can experience that. That was spoken of by the prophet Joel. That Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. Today is the day for this. Don't worry about what you know. It's always been about who you know. Acts chapter 4, it says, When they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. They observed and realized, Hey, these guys aren't educated like us. They haven't been trained like us. But we know they've been with Jesus. Think about that for a moment. It don't matter what you know. It only matters who you know. I'm uneducated and untrained when it comes to the word of God. I didn't go to seminary and I don't have a theology degree. <coughs> Sorry. I can't tell you all of the interconnectedness of the Bible. I can't tell you the. There's these words, theophanies and uh, soteriologies and all these. Uh, what else is there? Theophanies and I said that already. Harmonutics and uh, whatever. See? <laughs> I'm uneducated and unlearned. I'm educated in other things, but it don't matter. Here's what I do know. I've been in the presence of Jesus. And that is what has changed my life. If you will be in the presence of Jesus... People will recognize that and not your education. It's not about your talents or your education. It's about who you know and where you've been. I want to be in the presence of Jesus. I want him to come in and change my life. Why am I preaching it today? Because I believe that this right here will change this city. It'll change our state. It'll change our world. If we'll get a hold of what's in the word of God. It'll change America. It'll change our world. I promise you that this is what we need for today. Oh, Jesus, we need a move of your spirit like never before. They recognized who they've been with. People will recognize that you've been with Jesus. And so I ask you, who do people recognize that you've been with? And since they saw the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in opposition. You can't argue with the evidence. You can't argue with the power of Jesus. You can argue all you want about the Bible. You can argue about this and you can argue about that. But I have found the power of Jesus. I know that it's real. I know that it changes lives. I don't care about differing views. I don't care. But if you'll try the power of Jesus. If you'll try and let him change your life. I promise it will change you forever. You will not leave here the same that you walked in here today. After they ordered them to leave in verse 15 of the Sanhedrin. They conferred among themselves saying. What? Should we do with these men? For an obvious sign has been done through them. Clear to everyone living in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. The evidence was undeniable. The power was in the name of Jesus. The power was in what happened with them. It was through the power of the Holy Ghost. 
there is power still working today. There's healing power that can heal the spiritual brokenhearted. There's still healing power that can heal the physical brokenness in people's lives. In verse 17 it says, But so that this does not spread any further among the people, let's threaten them against speaking to anyone in his name again. With power comes persecution. With power comes persecution. People will recognize the change and either they will say, wow, I need a part of this. Or they will say, don't do this again. Hey, what you're doing is wrong. Don't do this. Anything else. Not in his name. Not like that. So they called for them and ordered them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But he gave them power to be a witness. I need a power to be a witness. If that don't just seal the deal right there. When they came in and said, hey, you can just go on about your way and preach in any other name. Just don't do it in the name of Jesus. You can, you can heal people, just don't do it in the name of Jesus. Well, you see, sir, that's impossible. You see, sir, I can't preach in any other name. That's kind of impossible. You see, that's where the power is, is in Jesus. You see, sir, I didn't heal him. It was Jesus. Sounds like to me a perfect plan for the enemy to begin to work at dividing the church and to begin to create organizations, denominations and all those things rather than the body of Christ to begin saying, hey, let's just do it this way. Hey, let's just do it this way. No, it's got to be done the way that was spoken here in Jesus name. Uh, there is power when you go to sign that contract and you write your name on it. That is the binding power to that contract. When you guys signed your house, you wrote your name. That was, that was it. You wrote your name a lot of times. You signed your initials. Your name had the power to lock you in for 30 years. <laughs> to your lender. Or 15, whatever. Maybe you're smart. Or, you know, I'm not. <laughs> Dave Ramsey wouldn't approve. But here's what I know. I'm not going to preach in any other name. I'm not going to baptize in any other name. Because there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the answer. It was Jesus. It's always been Jesus. Peter and John in verse 19 answered their request. Whether it's right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than to God, you decide. For we aren't able to stop speaking what we have seen and heard. You decide if we should listen to you, man, or we should stop listening to God. You decide which one. I don't want to be the one who says that. I would tread real lightly. I'll read other writers. I do. Like in our Bible study right now, we're reading another book. It's not the Bible. It has biblical principles. But I ain't taking theology from some other man. My, my theology, I'm going to get it from the Bible, from the word of God. I'm going to look in the Bible for my theology. You want a theology degree? <laughs> right here, open your Bible and begin to read it and dissect the scriptures. This right here is the theology degree that you need right here. You don't need it from another man. I'm not going to teach you theology. All I'm going to do is be like, hey, look, this is what the Bible says. Like, this is what I understand it as. That's all I got. I'm not going to tell you what some other man wrote because it don't matter. Because when man started getting involved, what's 
300 years after Jesus died, they started messing it all up. Facts. I think it was 150 years. No, it was like 70 years after Jesus. Like, you start looking at the history. They start messing with it. I'm like, yo, y'all didn't even walk with Jesus. You're telling me that the apostles got it wrong? They were literally sitting at the feet of Jesus, walking and walk on the water. One of them actually walked on the water with him. Like, you're telling me they got it wrong? Well, you're going to write that down? I'm going to move aside and let that lightning bolt hit you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if people think I'm crazy. I am. I don't care if you think it's heresy. You know what? If believing what the apostles who followed Jesus preached and believing and preaching what the word of God is is heresy, my goodness, you're the one who's crazy. <laughs> If you think it's wrong, I'm not going to listen to a man. I'm going to listen to God. That's basically what they said to them. That's basically what Peter and John says to him. Hey, you know what? If you think what I'm preaching is heresy, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. Like, God gave it to me. So, go ahead and try and stop me. Look, I'm always going to follow God. I'm going to do my best. I'll make mistakes. I can promise you that. I will always make mistakes. I'll let you know that. I'll mess up and I'll say things that'll hurt people. I will, I will mess up and I'll do things that will, people will be like, what in the world? I'll preach something sometime. People will be like, what in the world? And you know what? If I get it wrong, you know what? I'll, I'll check it. And I'll definitely tell you when I did it wrong. I'm not afraid of that. I'm not ashamed of that. But I know this. I'm going to look at the word of God and I'm going to do my best to get it right. So the, the whole message I had for today isn't what I preached. The whole message that I had, scratched it, did a whole other thing. You see, that's what I'm talking about is sometimes God's going to move. And I'd much rather follow him than my plan. Less of me, more of him. You see, I believe what I see here in the word of God is for you today. It'll forever change your life. That this will speak for itself. That it'll turn, that if you'll turn your life over to God, submit to his plan, I promise you that it'll radically change your life. Here's what I know. A lot of times I get up preaching get crazy and all those things and I have a good time. I like to make you laugh. I like to make you cry. I like to make you rejoice. All those things. I like to, I like all those things, but more than ever, I like God to move. I, I don't need, I don't need approval from man. I need, I need God to move. That's the only approval I need. And I know this, that as I began to type this, I knew that God, I just know that God was going to move. I didn't know how he was going to move. I didn't know what he was going to do. I was in these moments like this. Sometimes I... I'm at a loss. Because I'm not sure what the next step is, but I know this. That God wants to move in this place today. Without a shadow of a doubt in my mind. That God has a plan. So what's the next step? Is your heart pricked? Is, is, have you repented? 
Have you been baptized? Have you experienced this? Have you, have you become a witness? I'm going to ask you all those questions because it is so vital that we follow what the word of God says. There is more being a Christian than just believing. God, I just pray that you would move in this place right now. God, that your spirit would rush in, God, that we would be sensitive to the moving of your spirit, God. God, that you would lead us and guide us. I want to challenge you right now. I believe that God wants to move. And I don't even know exactly how he wants to move. But if you need a touch from God, I know this. He's here and he's ready to touch you. And I believe, and this is hard for me to say, I believe that he can heal today. I believe that he can touch. He can heal the brokenness. He can heal the physical. He can heal the spiritual. If you need the fire to fall on your life, he can touch you. He can fill you with his spirit. I need that to fall in my life. God, I pray you would begin to move right now, God. God, I worship you and I magnify you, Jesus. God, I pray that your spirit would begin to fill this place right now, God. If you, know, if you need prayer or anything, I pray, I ask that you would just come. I challenge you to step out in faith. God, I need a change today, God. I can't leave the same. God, I worship you. Hallelujah, Jesus.